0: Good coffee, everybody. Hey, it's morning coffee with Larry, and I am glad to have you here with me today. Today is Tuesday, November 5th, 2019, and it is dark out. The dog is stirred a little bit and then tucked her head back into her little bed because she thinks it's silly that I'm awake so early. The cat just made his pass through. The room and it looks like he wants back in the bedroom. The door's closed. He'd like to pester his mama a little bit, but he's up oh, there. He goes past again. Morning rounds. I think they're awake all night long. Sometimes you hear them, sometimes you don't. Sometimes I see them staring at the cabinets under the sink because we had a mouse in the house and it was under there. I think they keep coming back, waiting for another mouse. <laughs> You're going to have to pardon my throat this morning. There is still just some of that leftover hacking that I'm trying to break loose with my nice hot coffee this morning. Oh, that's good stuff. I'm liking it today. Well, I have to admit, I am aggravated, honked off, ticked off, frustrated. At Apple. I have an iPhone SE. It does a great little job. I do not need a large screen. I it's perfect. I don't want to spend a thousand dollars on another one because I think that's ridiculous. I wouldn't pay that much for a computer. Why would I pay that much for a phone? But Apple pushed the latest update to my phone and now it ain't working worth crap. It's shutting down when there's plenty of battery life. It's stalling. It's doing all kinds of stuff. Went to the uh, phone store uh, where we have our our contract through, and uh, he said, oh, yeah, Apple does this. They've gotten in trouble with uh, lawsuits over it. And they still do it, and there's nothing really you can do. Oh, there's a long process on the internet, but tell you what, we can sell you a new phone, and we'll give you a pretty good discount. Blah, 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 blah. I don't want a new phone. I don't want a discount. I want my phone to operate like it did a few days ago. Gur, And double gur. It's a scam. I'm aggravated. Anybody else aggravated out there? I love iPhone products. I love my apps. Not all my apps are out there, you know, in in Android. I watch. I look at my wife's Android. I don't want to go through the learning curve. I think in this way, but I am ticked at Apple. We're getting ready to go on a vacation. I want to be able to take pictures. I want to be able to take videos. I want to be able to do some some uh, Facebook Live things, Um, and my phone is not working. Grr. So the more I think about this morning, the more aggravated I'm getting, and that's not the pleasant state I want to be in when I'm doing a podcast. So we'll set it off to the side for a moment, and let's get into the topic. I want to talk a little bit about things you can do for chronic pain. Now, the difference between acute pain and chronic pain is acute pain is something where there is a recent injury. The injury has not healed, and it is causing pain because something bad happened, the injury. So, for example, you break a bone, you're going to have a lot of pain. I still remember my broken arm in seventh grade. I had a lot of pain, and it continued for a while until things healed. You know, you you pull something in a muscle, and the muscle is trying to heal. Well, while it is torn, while it is under, you know, in repair, you you can have the pain. That is acute pain. Once we cross several months, though, and not really several, I'm going to say two to three months, then... The healing, and this is what the pain experts say, this isn't Dr. Larry, this is pain experts, that uh, the pain is now considered chronic. The healing should have taken place. And that the pain you have left over is not acute pain, but it's chronic pain. It's real. You feel it. It can last a long time. But it's crossed into this other stage they call chronic pain. And as they try to learn more and more about it and try to learn more and more effective ways to treat it, <clears throat> one of the things that is an important aspect of it is when you have pain, and let's talk about chronic, actually any kind of pain, uh, the, the pain is in your brain. That is where you perceive and comprehend and understand what the pain receptors are saying. So, you know, when people point to where their pain's at, they're pointing to where their their body gives them the sensation of where the receptors are, and it's processed upstairs. And I was at a workshop on chronic pain. I can't remember if I talked about this. It was from the AACC conference last month down in Nashville. And the, the, uh, the presenter gave uh, a really interesting example. And it was from, I think it was in the 1970s. It might have been the late 60s. But this construction worker was doing demolition on a building and stepped through a great big long spike nail. It went through the, the sole of the boot and out the top. And he was in extreme pain. <clears throat> Just unconsolable type of pain. If you've had, you know, unconsolable, you know, that's what this guy was having. They got him to the hospital. They were having a lot of trouble removing the boot because any kind of touching of it, his pain would just get out of control. So they took, you know, x-rays of what they could. And when they were finally able to, with sedation, get the boot removed there was no injury there was no injury it was a steel tip boot and it actually the spike went up just past the steel tip it went very smoothly between two toes it touched you know kind of like the the I don't know, you know, I I kind of refer to it as a webbing, but it's not really webbing. But you know, the the back part of between two fingers and went out the top, it never pierced his skin. There was no injury. But seeing it and believing what in 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 how he translated the the symptoms, it was extreme horrific pain. And so that's where we know the perception of pain is up there you can have people go through similar in, in injuries and you can you can kind of assess and look at how are people understanding how are people processing the pain and that's where i a lot of times will use you know the difference between pain and unnerving pain it's like unnerving pain you don't have the ability to process it upstairs in a way that you can cope and deal with it It's overwhelming as far as with your mind. So anyway, making a long story short, there are three things that I commonly recommend people do regarding chronic pain. Because a lot of the chronic pain tends to be misfirings in the brain after the uh, injury has healed and that, that there's different processes of which I've had explained to me I don't understand them enough to teach them in the specifics but it's it's where there's kind of like a loop kind of like if you get a skip on your old record player and you get a scratch and it wants to skip and keep doing it, in a way it's, a, it's kind of that kind of a process it's a loop process that keeps reporting pain when there isn't any acute pain. So three things that that is, it's actually a part of what's called uh, cognitive behavioral therapy for chronic pain. I had gone through the program on how to uh, conduct it a few years ago. And the first thing that uh, they point out is, and it's a cute little way of saying it, motion is like lotion if you have pain and you put on some sort of a lotion to try to help with the pain, you know, like on a shoulder, you know, well, think of motion. Physical movement is like lotion. It's where you, um, when you move something and as long as the doctor says it's okay to move it, you know, we're looking at chronic pain. We're not looking at acute. And as long as you move that and, and you keep moving it, that will help with the chronic pain. Now when people have chronic pain they typically don't want to move. It hurts. So they wind up not moving very much, they get kind of stiffened up and that isn't working for them. So they need to start getting back into the process of movement. Again, get the doctor's okay that what you're going to be doing is all right. A good one, to, excuse me, a good one to start with is walking you know, doing some walking and gradually building that up, building up the motion of those joints. I describe it a lot of times this way. If you go to an old barn that hasn't had some of the doors open for decades, they're rusted up. The hinges are there. The hinges work, but they're rusted up. You have to slowly work at those doors to get them to open, and then you have to wiggle them back and forth. to kind of like break off the rust, so to speak. Well, those muscles, they need that movement also to keep them limbered up and, and doing better. So motion is good. When it comes to you know doing walking or different exercises, you, you need to do it in a gradual manner, not in an overdoing it manner. And that's the second point, which is pacing yourself. Uh, pace yourself with the areas where you're feeling pain. Be consistent in using motion But you want to pace yourself and not overdo it. If you overdo it, then your your muscles that have not had a whole lot of action get more fatigued quickly and it's potential for doing actually some other damage. So you want to pace yourself. Um, my mom, uh, when she lived independently, she had a lot of hip pain issues. They were chronic pain, this is not from a fall or anything like that, but she would she would have pain, and so she would she still wanted to mow her yard with a push mower, so she would divide our large yard my, or their their large yard into fourths, and she would do one fourth of the yard each day, so in four days. She had the yard raked, or I'm sorry, mowed. Then on the other days before mowing, she would gradually rake the yard. She paced herself. She would do about an hour's worth of physical labor outside, and then she would stop. So when you look at pacing, that's going to be key. That's going to be important. The third one is what are the words that we're telling ourselves about the pain. Remember, I've said this over and over and over again. Words mean things. So if you use inflammatory language, if you use extreme language, if you use over-the-top language to describe your pain, your mind is paying attention to the words you use, and it will react accordingly. So if you keep saying, oh my gosh, this is the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Well, then you've lived a charmed life because if you can talk and that's the worst pain, then you haven't had the worst pain. But you see, when you use that phrase, oh, this is the worst pain I've ever felt, and you keep using it, that's going to make, through your mental processes, it's going to make the pain louder. It's going to make it louder. If you use phrases such as, uh, this is never going to get better, Or I'm just an invalid. You know, well, is that accurate? Is that true? Or is that exaggerated language? You know, the when you have a flare up of pain, does it die back down to a lower level? Yeah, that's why it's called a flare up. It's gotten worse, but it gets it comes back down again. So if you're saying this is the, you know, this is never going to get better, well it may not go down to 0, but guess what? It doesn't stay at that highest level either. So, what are some positive things you can say about your pain? Well, you could say, you know what? Today may be bad, but I know it's going to probably be better tomorrow. Or, you know what? I've got this pain, but I can lick it. I can beat this. Uh, saying positive things about it, hey, it's not as bad as it used to be. Saying the positive things can help it, but and that can lower the volume. But you don't want to be using the exaggerated, this is so bad, I, I'm just going to have to kill myself. You know, Using that extreme language hurts you. It makes the pain worse. It's what kind of pushes it to the inconsolable type of pain. So those are three key things that you can use, but I'm going to give you a bonus today. There's another one that's also very helpful, and that's distraction. Think of it like whenever you were a little kid at the doctor's office, you didn't want a shot, but they were going to give you a shot, and they would use distraction with maybe holding a lollipop up and or having you look at a picture and then give you the shot and you and it happens before you realize it using distraction to pull you away pull your attention away from the pain is a very good thing to do so let's say you're you're doing your walking and what you may want to do is have your headphones on and listen to music uplifting positive your jam type music or listening to a podcast, or listening to a local radio station, but have something in your ears that can distract you rather than not having anything and with every step thinking about the pain. So using distraction can be a very helpful thing as well. So that's your bonus one. Okay. Well, that's it for today. It is starting to get daylight. I need to get some heavier clothes on and start taking care of animals. So you guys all have a great day today. Bye-bye.